0: Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. This morning we are continuing our study in the book of Philippians. And we come, well, we don't come. we are actually been in Philippians chapter 2 for a little while. But we are going to be finishing up Philippians chapter 2 today. And this is actually our 15th installment into the book of Philippians. And I, I'm excited to look at this because, I let me tell you, there is a whole lot more that we could be looking at, and I'm kind of surprised that we are already 15 into the study, into the book of Philippians. Uh, I wasn't exactly sure uh, if we'd be able to go a full month out on this or not, but it looks like we're going to be able to probably do that, because there's a ton packed in Philippians 3 and Philippians 4, and to tell you the truth, uh, I could have done more on Philippians 1 and Philippians 2, um, but Let's get into Philippians chapter 2, and we're going to finish it up today, and we're going to be looking at specifically the example of Epaphroditus. And so let's uh, let's read here Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse 1. "'Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if there is any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if there is any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind.' Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness in mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interest of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming the likeness of men. And being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross." Therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Do all things without complaining or disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life, so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ. Not that I have run in vain or labored in vain. Yes, and if I am being poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. For the same reason, you also be glad and rejoice with me. But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you shortly, that I may also be encouraged when I know of your estate. For I have no one who is like-minded, who will sincerely care for your estate, for all seek their own, not and not the things which are of Christ Jesus. But you know his proven character, that as a son with his father he served with me in the gospel. Therefore I hope to send him at once, as soon as I see how it goes with me." But I trust in the Lord that I myself shall also uh, come shortly. Yet I considered it necessary to send Epaphroditus, my brother, fellow worker and fellow soldier, but your messenger and the one who ministered to my need, since he was a uh, excuse me, since he was longing for you all and was distressed because you had uh, heard that he was sick, for indeed he was sick almost unto death. But God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but on me also, lest I should have had sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I sent him the more eagerly, that when you see him again, you may rejoice, and that I may be less sorrowful. Receive him, therefore, in the Lord with all gladness, and hold such men in esteem, because for the work of Christ he came close to death, not regarding his life, to supply what was lacking in your service toward me. Now we see here uh, this man named Epaphroditus, who the Apostle Paul actually sends, and he's, it's believed that he's the one who delivers the message uh, to the Philippian church here, delivers this letter to the Philippian church from the Apostle Paul. Um, but it, it says here that he is called these these things in this passage. He he is called uh, a brother, a fellow worker, a fellow soldier, a their messenger, and uh, one who ministered to my need. And, and we see here these five elements that are just absolutely important to pick up from Epaphroditus that we should be applying to our own life as well, as it's one of those things, uh, or one of these things that we could really learn from um, as we go and we look at this here. And this is uh, just incredible to see with Epaphroditus, this example that he goes and gives. The first one is, is that he is called a brother. In fact, the Apostle Paul says, "'My brother.'" Now, this is how we ought to treat our brothers and sisters in Christ. We ought to actually be brothers to them. We also ought to you know, be part of the family of God. We need to recognize that, and that means that we need to have allegiance and loyalty to these people whom God has placed in your life. Your, your local church— is a family of families, and you need to understand that it is a family of families and treat it as a family of families, and you need to be investing in that local church. You need to be going and doing this with your time, with your energy, with your effort, and you need to be going and investing in this so that it is like a family, that you can go and say that they are truly my brothers in Christ. You ought to be going and doing life with these people, and that's what the Apostle Paul is going and saying of Epaphroditus. He's my brother. There is, there is a loyalty that is to Epaphroditus. There is an allegiance that me and Epaphroditus have. We are on the same team. You know, I've got two, two sons, uh, Timothy, or Timothy, I don't know my own son's names. So look at this here. I got Thomas and Henry, Thomas and Henry. And one thing Thomas and Henry like to talk about is who's on Daddy's team and who's on Mommy's team for that day. But what we always go and remind Thomas and Henry is that Mommy and Daddy are on the same team, so therefore they're all on the same team. We're one family. We're on the same team. We're, we're striving together. And that's what it means when you're going and saying that you, you're a brother in Christ. You're a family And as a family, you're going on the same team to working for the same cause, for the same goal, and you have a fellowship that is incredibly, incredibly close. And that's what the Apostle Paul is going and saying about Epaphroditus. And that's the type of relationship that you need to be striving for within your local church. The next one we see here is that he says, my fellow worker. You see, it's not just a unity and going and saying, look, I have fellowship with this person, but then there also needs to be a fellow workership. I don't know if workership's a real word here, but it's one of these ideas that you need to be going and working together. You know, it's not just that you're together in fellowship, but it is then that you turn that fellowship into into a specific effort, in an effort for the gospel, that you're going and you're working together to go and to spread the gospel. There's there's many different ways that somebody could go and spread the gospel. I think of uh, just recently going and working in a, a children's ministry over the summer, and there was a, a stage that was there. You know, there are people who came together and set up that stage and built that stage. Th- there were props there were people who went and bought and brought the props. There were uh, soundtracks and videos that were used. There, of of course, were people who were going and doing the skit. There were people who were going and sitting with the children. There were people who were going and doing the music. There were people who were going and doing all all of these things. And all of this effort, doing sound, doing uh, audio and video, all these kinds of things— all these things accumulate, and they come together as fellow workers, all these people, come together as fellow workers. what for to see children get saved, so that children can hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and get saved. You need to go and to have this idea of being a fellow worker. And this is so, so important. You need to be a brother a fellow worker, and then it says something interesting here. It says, a fellow soldier, a fellow soldier. Now, this is interesting because you might go and say, well, yes, I'm, I'm striving and serving in the gospel uh, together. Well, that makes me a, a fellow soldier, not just a fellow worker, but a fellow soldier. But when it comes to spiritual warfare— and this, of course, is where we're fellow soldiers, there is something to understand that these are people that you are going to stand up with against the powers of darkness, against evil, against Satan. And there's a couple different major ways to get broad and in general that you can go and stand up. One is in the face of opposition. You know, when God puts a fellow Christian in your life, and you go and you say, he's my brother, I'm working with him for the gospel, and then opposition comes from the enemy, it's your job to be a soldier, a fellow soldier, and to stand up with that person, to stand up with and for that person. You know, I, I've i stood up many times and, uh, you know, shared the gospel many times, stood up and proclaimed righteousness uh, in a public sphere. And let me tell you, because I've heard this from many people who have gone and stood up and they've done the same things, maybe even a lot more than I have. But let me tell you what the most frustrating thing to hear is from somebody who is going and standing up. It's when you see a Christian who pulls you aside after the fact, and they go and they say, oh man, I just I just really appreciate that that you stood up for Christ. I just really appreciate that you stood up for Christ. You know, I, I wish I could stand up for you, but, but, but you know, I, I, I might lose my job. Or, or I, I'm, this might happen, you know, I just can't say anything, but I really appreciate that you're standing up and doing that. And, you know, you might think that, man, that's good that they're saying that they appreciate that you're standing up and doing that. But it's that point when they come and it's after the battle, they're not standing up with you, and, and they're, they're coming alongside, and what they're saying is, I appreciate that you're standing up so that I don't have to. But that's not actually what God prescribes. God prescribes that you become a fellow soldier, that you're like Epaphroditus, and you go and you find these people and you say, I will stand up with you. I will stand up. When, when opposition comes, you understand something. I have your back. I'm right here beside you, standing for the same righteousness, proclaiming the same message, sharing the same gospel because I am a fellow soldier. That's the attitude that you need to have. That's the, 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 the what you need to have in order to be an Epaphroditus and to follow this example that Epaphroditus gives. The, the next way that you really battle and that you're a fellow soldier, and this is with spiritual warfare, I really believe it's battle, it's battled in the area of prayer. And so this means that you're coming together and you're praying with and for these people in your life. Now, this is incredible because this would seem obvious, all these things, if we just stick with this idea of brother. But the Apostle uh, Paul, as he's going and writing this, of course, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, it's, it's a message that is incredibly important to proclaim. Look, We're all going to go and say the Sunday school answer, this is my brother in Christ. But what does that mean? Well, it means that you're going to labor together. You're going to be a fellow worker. It also means that you're going to fight battles together. It means that you're going to be a fellow soldier. And then he comes and he says this, but your messenger, Epaphroditus was a messenger to the Philippian church. Now, you might not be a messenger to a specific church, but you are going to be a messenger to someone. To Christians that you're to go into encourage, to exhort, to disciple, or to unbelievers that you're to go into share the gospel with, you are going to be a messenger to someone. God has prepared good works that you should walk in them, and you Part of that is that you are going to be a messenger to someone. God gave you a testimony, a testimony that is unique to you, and you need to go and to tell it to somebody. God has given you experiences and, and insights that you need to go and to use to go and to proclaim, of course, within the truth of Scripture—that's all obviously our foundation—that you go and you are to proclaim somebody who needs to relate to what you have gone through in order to hear that exact same truth that is in Scripture, but you are the one who is to be the messenger. God has given you somebody to be the messenger to, And in order to fulfill this example that Epaphroditus gives, he's a brother, he's a fellow worker, he's a fellow soldier, and he's also a messenger to specific people. This is what you need to be. This is what you need to be. And the last one that the Apostle Paul goes and says is that, He says, and one who ministered to my need. You know, God is going to give you people in your life that you are to go and to minister to. It, it, it might be to different varying degrees. Obviously, Epaphroditus really ministered to the Apostle Paul because he goes and he gets sick and he almost loses his life, and God says, look, or Paul says, look, God had mercy on Epaphroditus, but not on him only, on me also, lest I would have had sorrow upon sorrow. I mean, the Apostle Paul truly believes in, in his living like Epaphroditus is his brother, and it's because he's a fellow worker, he's a fellow soldier, He's a messenger who's being sent by the Apostle Paul, and he is a minister. He is going and ministering to the needs of the Apostle Paul. God has given people in your life that you are to go and to minister to their needs. You're to go and to invest in them and to help them and to help in their ministry. Doesn't matter, by the way, if you're listening to this and you have a major ministry, it doesn't matter. God has still called you to work inside of other people's ministries, and you are to minister to them. That's the reality of it. God has connected all Christians together, and specifically, he puts you intimately with those within your local church. And he goes and he says, look, you're to be a fellow brother, you're to be a fellow worker, a fellow soldier, you're to be a messenger, and you're to have people that you are to minister to because they need you. I put you there so that you can fulfill their need. The question comes, are you going to take the challenge of being an Epaphroditus? Are you going to go into actually treat your fellow Christians like the family of God? like that you and them are actually family? Are you going to treat them like a fellow worker and get your hands dirty for the work in the sake of the gospel? Are you going to be involved? Or are you going to serve in your local church? Are you going to be a fellow soldier? Are you going to stand up with them when, they, when opposition comes, or are you just going to come in afterwards and say, hey, I'm glad you stood up. Thank you. No, stand with them. Stand with them. Are you going to get down in your prayer closet, pray with them, and pray for them? And are you going to be a messenger and a minister to those whom God has called you to speak to and those to whom God has called you to minister to? That's the question. Are you going to answer that call today? If you're not sure who God wants you to speak to, if you're not sure who God wants you to minister, ask Him. He'll give that person to you. That's for sure. Well, thank you for listening today, and remember, Joshua 1, 8, 9 as sweet apart. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you, wherever And while we trust in Jesus, sometimes he leads us, waiting for his hand to move. We hold to the promise There's nothing we can't overcome So that war you've been fighting